Welcome to the Your Turn to Fly podcast. This is the place where we help empty nesters rediscover passion and purpose in their next season of life. I'm your host, Thor Chalgren, founder of the Your Turn to Fly community, and I'm so glad that you're here. Every week, we'll be interviewing parents and experts, bringing you inspiring stories, insights, and practical advice so that you can move forward, find fulfillment, and make the next chapter in life your best one yet. Let's do greater things together. Welcome to Your Turn to Fly, the Empty Nester Living Show. Thank you so much for listening. I am excited for you to hear today's interview. My guests are Pamela and Lauren of the Feng Shui Collective. They are a mother-daughter team who brought their own unique talents together to form the Feng Shui Collective, where they help people discover how Feng Shui, the intentional design of your living space, can invite and cultivate positive and transformative energy into your life. In our discussion, we start with a Feng Shui 101 overview. We talk about their approach to mapping your living space to specific goals like prosperity and romance. We talk about decluttering and the powerful use of color and decor. And as many people are now working at home, we also discuss how you can use creative partitioning to separate your work area from your home life. And finally, at the end of the interview, Lauren and Pamela share one big thing you can do right now to bring feng shui into your home. As an empty nester parent myself, I appreciate the value of having a positive energy and focus in my life as I discover what's next for me. If you would like some encouragement and support in this transition in your life, this is something I specialize in. I am a certified life coach, and I work with parents just like you. If you're in that season of life, I'd love to talk with you about what's next for you. I reserve a few sessions each week for free discovery calls where we talk about you and your next adventure. Just go to discover.yourturntofly.com and schedule that free call. That's discover.yourturntofly.com. One last note. This is an interview that I originally conducted in the fall of 2020. I didn't originally get a chance to share it with my audience, but there's so much value and wisdom here. I knew that one day I wanted to be able to share it. Because of when we recorded it, they mention an event they have coming up. Of course, that was last year, but you can still go to their website or Instagram, which I have listed in the show notes, and find out everything they have going on today. All right, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you enjoy my interview with the Feng Shui Collective. Lauren and Pamela, thank you very much for being on the show today. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Hi. Well, I have to say, this is my first episode with two guests, and I'm really excited about that. And before we get started, I feel like it's going to help the discussion and also the audience if each of you take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners and maybe just tell us one of your favorite things about your hometown. So who would like to go first? I'll go first. This is Pamela. And... Where we live is Goleta, California. 
And actually, there are two favorite things about where I live. One, first and foremost, is being so close to Lauren. We're just down the road a piece. (laughs) And the second thing is I'm about not even a mile from the beach. And so I can walk on the beach every day. I love that. And Goleta, that's near University of California, Santa Barbara? Just north, just barely north. Uh huh. Well, Lauren, you are now obviously the second person <laughs> to answer yes. the question. So tell us about yourself. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Lauren, and I am the daughter of Pamela. And I think probably my favorite thing about where I grew up is just growing up in a really small town in the Sierra Nevada foothills called Murphy's. And we, you know, it had about 2,000 people in it, and we were just able to do all outdoors things and um, play in the street with all my friends and our bikes and rollerblades without a care in the world. Well, welcome to both of you today. You are actually working together in a business, and that's how I found you. You are the collectively the Feng Shui Collective. And I want to chat about how you got started into this. Talk a little bit, well, maybe a lot, about the idea of Feng Shui what your particular interest and expertise in it, how it's been like to work together as mother and daughter, and hopefully also what the listener can take away from this and apply in their own lives. And I want to start with this idea, and this is why originally it occurred to me when I saw you guys and thought, oh, this would be a perfect conversation to have, is I feel like this year with the pandemic, there are probably more and more people who are working from home. And so the idea of a calm environment, maybe an energizing environment, something that just feels right to them is more important than ever. Are you guys finding that to be the case this year? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Very much. We've pivoted our entire business sort of around this. We realized that as you know, as the pandemic sort of came upon us, we realized everyone's at home and they're staring at their clutter and now they're having to work from home and juggle all of the normal things that happen in a home environment. So we really wanted to carve out some space so that our community could still be efficient and thrive. Like our home is our sanctuary. So when you add a work environment into your home, there is some constant reminder of the work that you have to get done. And that's not necessarily ideal for that sanctuary ah, type feeling when you get home. Mm, Yeah. And I definitely want to talk about that today because that's kind of what I was thinking. Do you find that also to be, this has been a, a big change maybe from the way that you used to do your work with feng shui, Pamela? It sure is because primarily... Although we we have been doing workshops, our work has been in person. We do workshops together, we've done retreats together, and we do in-home consultations. And so back in March, we really needed to pivot our business, our whole business model. Uh, first thing that we did, we're both business women at heart, uh, was to take a look at revisit our mission, which remained the same. And then take a look at our values, which also remain the same, and then our strategic plan. So our strategic Mm. plan changed from in-home and in-person to online work. And so we have developed a cadre of online courses. The most recent, coincidentally, is a distance learning toolbox. And we talk 
all about the home office and uh, work study spaces in the home. I definitely want to talk more about that because I think that is one of those things that people that are either if they're in business now or they're thinking about changing a business, the, the rules of the game are different now. And the people that can pivot and change and adapt to it are going to be the ones that thrive. So I definitely want that to be part of our conversation. But I'd like to, before this year got started and everything that it's sort of changed in our lives, tell me how you both got started in the field of feng shui and then how did that lead into it becoming a business for you? Well, I'll start because I have been practicing feng shui for nearly 30 years. And in the course of that time, I have been an administrator in higher education and also in healthcare. And I wanted to practice feng shui full time. And so uh, about four years ago, I retired from the California State University system to practice feng shui full time. Yeah. So I, you know, my mom is a Virgo and she's very organized and, you know, being a feng shui consultant slash practitioner for so many years, I was sort of exposed to this at a younger age. And my experience really is within goal coaching. So I've been a goal coach for women for about a decade. I've developed a really wonderful system that sort of, regardless of what's important for you to achieve, you can sort of apply my system and expect a really powerful experience and accomplishment is the goal, obviously. So we we started doing these, you know, very secular, I would say, like goal setting and feng shui workshops. So I would lead the goal setting portion of the afternoon. And so everyone would get really clear on what they wanted and they would work my seven steps and we'd have a really cool action plan blueprint situation. And then mom would lead the feng shui part and she would teach you where to work in your home based on your goal. So there's energy centers in your home and we'll get all into this. But, you know, let's say that you had a money goal. There's an abundance and a money section in your home. So mom would then go in and do the feng shui piece. And at some point we were like, this is crazy because our practices are truly like salt and pepper. They're so complimentary. So October of last year, we decided to make it official and we formed the feng shui collective. And it's just been the most fun ever since. And Mom gets to practice feng shui every day and so do I and goal setting is just all around us and you know now we live close so it's just super fun it's the most fun For people who don't know what feng shui is or maybe they think they have an idea and I'll be the first to raise my hand and say my overall sense these are the two things I know it has something to do with energy and I also yeah. every time in my neighborhood I'm on this one street it's perpendicular to someone's house. And every time I drive that street and my headlights are shining at their front door, I somehow have this belief that that's bad feng shui for them, but I don't Ugh, know. Yuck. So tell me in sort of feng shui 101, when people say, what is it? How do you tell them in a nutshell what feng shui is and what the benefits to them are? Feng shui is... Uh, practice. It's considered a natural science. It's been around for thousands of years. It's uh, primarily coming to us, to the West, from China. And feng shui, translated, means wind and water. I think that most people get the water part, the things that you can see. But I think that that what gets folks really excited is the fung or the wind or what you cannot see. 
And so what we like to say is that when the wind or your intention flows over the water or what you can see of your environment, positive change occurs. So it's not just about creating a beautiful space. It's about creating the change that you want to see in your life. So one of the goals of feng shui, I think it's it's notable that we want to invite this healthy life force energy into our homes. I think we can all agree that, you know, if you have affirmations or you meditate, you sort of understand that en- everything is energy, right? Our bodies, the planet, inanimate objects, plants, animals, our bodies have meridians and the universe is made up of energy. So if we understand you know, we want more of this healthy chi, this life force in our homes and in our lives. Feng shui is basically the art form of inviting and cultivating that energy into our lives. And by working with that and working with intention, you really supercharge your goals and your life, truly. A lot of people have a familiarity with Marie Kondo and her work in tidying up spaces. Where would you say is maybe the intersection between the idea of cleaning up space and then where feng shui is? How do they complement each other? Where are they different? Marie Kondo, and we love Marie Kondo. We love her. Talks about (laughs) clearing clutter. And she's talking about the shui or the matter or what you can see. But in her books, she mentions feng shui uh, maybe one or two times. But she's primarily moving matter. The piece that she's not bringing in, or maybe she is subtly bringing it in, is the intention behind what you're moving and what area of your home you're moving it in. That's the biggest difference. So often when we work with a client, you know, and let's say that we determine that there's a particular area of their house that's either associated with their goals that they need to get to work on and clear clutter, or there's just another area that's just really cluttered. You know, we advise them to look at Marie Kondo's information and, you know, her folding techniques, um, her method of pulling everything out is something that we also recommend. She's definitely someone that we recommend uh, when our clients need to actually get to work and to do the work. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I get from her work is I think she advocates for the idea of taking on a type of thing, no matter what room it's in, in your house, you know, you might say, I'm going to get rid of, or I'm going to address all of my books, wherever they're books in the house. How do you think about feng shui in the home? Can you address room by room? Like if someone says, I want to work on this, do you say, okay, great, let's work on this room? Or is it a whole house approach? Well, now maybe is the time that we talk about the Bagua map. Yeah, perfect. So think about the Bagua map as a telling you where certain energy lives in your home. Now, this was developed by the scholars thousands of years ago. I don't question it. They say that the abundance corner is in the far left-hand corner of your home. So be it. So we work on the premise that at the bottom of the Bagua map, which is the personal growth, the career, or the helpful people and travel, is your entryway. Your entryway is in one of those three areas. And then the entire map is oriented that way. You can orient the Bagua map on your entire piece of property. You can orient it just on your home. You can orient the Bagua map in every single room. You can orient the Bagua map on a bookshelf or a desk. So 
So it's kind of like layers of onion. If we have a person, a client who is looking to have romance in their life, we look at their entire property and we point out, okay, this is where you can work and for your romance. We look at the entire home. Here's your romance area of your home. We look at the individual rooms. So if they're really serious about this, they can do a lot of different work. For the listeners at home, what I'm hearing Pamela talk about the map of the home and various places in the home, the Bagua map is sort of an overlay. Like if my entrance of my home is here, that's one of the nine definitions in the Bagua map or geographic area. Do I then sort of overlay that over my entire house? Or like if I have a home office, I can't necessarily move my home office to the location where the kitchen is. So how do you work with people in terms of what their existing geographic setup of their home is? Yeah, that's a great question. So basically for the listeners, what we're looking at is there's nine guas, right? And it's a, it's a rectangle you know, it's a three by three sort of grid, like tic-tac-toe, essentially. What you're asking, Thor, is such a good question because the Bagua map is always oriented based on the entry. So let's say, for example, and to actually also answer your question, the Bagua map is overlaid on the top of your home or a room or a desk or your whole property like a drone. So it's Mm. like a sky view. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you're orienting the map on base, you know, for your home, as if your entryway is either in one of the bottom three guas, right? So that's your entry is in one of those three. Now, let's say, for example, you have an office that you want to feng shui, you would hold this Bagua map and based on your entryway of your office, then this map would turn and shift based on the entryway looking into that room. It's it's all about the entry. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's not only the entry of the home, but it's the entry of a particular room. So if I have my home office and as I enter that home office, if my desk is to the left, the place where I do most of my work, then that's going to be the left side of the Bagua map. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. If you grew up in the 70s like I did, I'm thinking (laughs) about that grid like the Brady Bunch show where you've got (laughs) the girls on the left and the boys on the right, correct? (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what it looks like with just more colors and information. (laughs) Good. I like that. Yeah. And, And your map is beautiful. And I should mention, by the way, you guys are so kind as to offer that if people would like to receive a copy of this, which is normally something that you offer at a price, you have said that they just hit you up on Instagram, DM you, that you would be willing to send them a copy of the map complimentary? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. So we're at Feng Shui Collective on Instagram and we love our DMs. We actually do a lot of work and answer a lot of questions in our DMs. So we're, we're an open book. We are, our mission is to make the planet a more beautiful place and to help people accomplish their goals. So I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. So tell me also, Because we're talking about when when I'm looking at the map and I'm understanding the different areas that someone might want to focus on, like Pamela, I think maybe you said if someone's focused on the romance of their life or that's the outcome they want, do they look at feng shui as a way to enhance their environment for that particular outcome? Yes, absolutely. So, what's an example of something they might do if they're looking to increase? their romance, or maybe if they're looking to increase their prosperity? Well, we have a few what we call feng shui cures that are right on the Bagua map. 
So for example, in the romance area, the colors of pink and white are really great. Putting twos of things in a room instead of singular things. Introducing, let's see, the element is earth. And so introducing clay pots or the colors of earth colors also would be things that you could introduce. You know, when we work in home, we can go into that particular area and we can spot things. For example, one of my favorite clients several years ago when I first started working with her was single, single mom. She was definitely ready for a relationship in her life. Well, when I went into her bedroom, which happened to be in her romance area, Mm-hmm. She had pictures of single women that she had drawn. She's an artist, which were stunning. They were beautiful. But I suggested to her that maybe you want to move these pictures of single women to another part of the house and introduce pictures that connote pairs of things or introduce the colors. She also had a lot of clutter built up in her bedroom. The bed was unmade, the, the drawers were open, overfilled with stuff, and she definitely drank the water with us. And uh-huh. she cleared that up. She just didn't let it go. She was like a terrier with a rat, I guess you could say. She's still that way. <laughs> and what was the outcome for her? <laughs> she is now married. And she, within eight weeks, she ran into someone who she had known for years and had been a good friend of hers. And the relationship just shifted. And they have a a baby, a little baby girl who's a year old. And did she attribute those changes in her life? Like when she went through this process with you guys, did she, as an outcome, go, oh, my gosh, this happened because I made these changes? Absolutely. Now, there is something to be said about your karma, your luck, the consequences of your actions. But if all things are sort of in balance and good, and that's when we see the most dynamic changes. We also Mm. see subtle changes, and we ask our clients, pay attention, because the changes that you ask for may not appear exactly as you think that they should, but they are always pleasant. They're always Mm. positive. And we have hundreds of stories like this. Like you would not believe we have this really kind of hop in happen in public Facebook group and people are sharing before and after pictures. And we have this little tab that we call magic. And we sort of file away all these comments like, oh my gosh, you would not believe I worked on my abundance area and I randomly got a check in the mail. Or if you are, you know, you can say it's coincidence, but we just believe otherwise. You know, I think that working with intention and knowing that everything is energy, the universe listens when you're serious. We're also really big on the power of written word. If there's something that you are requiring in your life or that you are ready to receive, you have to write it down. So basically taking an idea that's bouncing around in your head, the act of you writing it down is showing the universe that you're serious and you're ready for the next step. I mean, layer that on with working my whole seven steps of goal setting. That's like the way to manifest something. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, you, you do have to get to work. You have to put in the work. You have to do the feng shui. You have to take the steps and ask for help and get accountable and all of that. But what's the saying, mom, where intention goes, energy flows, something like that. Yes. Something like that. I think I stated it wrong, but you know, you're putting in the work and you know, you wrote it down. And I think that there is a, you become sort of like an energy magnet. Something that is so interesting to us, Thor, is that 
when we we can go into a home and know nothing, you know, at the very initial consultation and note where the clutter is. And I can ask questions. So how are things in your career going? Because mm-hmm. clutter has a way of accumulating where there is an issue going on in someone's life. It's just uncanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm seeing too that you probably just in the same way with your friend who you worked with, if you go into her bedroom, her sleeping area, and you see it designed a certain way, you see things around the room, it could probably tell you where she is with her romantic life, right? Exactly. And just to go back to that, in the Bagua map, in the romance area, so you mentioned some of the cures and tools would be, you mentioned pairs of anything. So it could be candles, hearts, doves, photos of lovers, in mm-hmm. other words, two people, not a single person. So this map has right. those sort of specific ideas for every area. And, and and I'm hearing, too, as I think about the whole intersection with what tidying up does, is if that room first gets tidied up, then you're almost like the stagers who come in and say, now we're going to stage it for the outcome, the energetic outcome you're looking for. Does that make sense? We make suggestions, Thor. We And these are just a handful. We couldn't possibly fit them all here. But we listen to our clients. We make suggestions, but we also rely on their intuition. So we may say that in your career area, if your front door happens to be in the career area, paint your front door some of those dark colors. But Mm. I have a client who said, I want to paint my front door yellow. So... She did. You know, I helped her pick out a real pretty buttery yellow. You see that a lot on these home improvement shows these days. Mm-hmm. And every time she goes into her front door, it just lifts her energy. So what we suggest is simply that we totally defer to our clients' intuition about what is best for them. Mm. Yeah. Because that yellow would be a color that would be a health area, correct? Right. Well, it just lifts her spirits. So I, that was exactly the segue that I was looking for. Feng Shui is about feeling too. So if you walk into a room and something feels right, there's a chance that the five elements are out of balance and we won't get into the five elements. But, you know, likewise, if you see something beautiful and tidy and it works well and it's, you know, smooth working and good function, that lifts your spirits. And on the contrary, if you see something that's ugly or in disrepair or broken, that lowers that lowers your energy. So there is something to be said about, you know, she walks up to that yellow door and she loves it. And so every time she comes home, she's lifted up a little bit. And to sort of round that out, I don't think that we have said yet that clutter is stuck energy. So think of it as cobwebs in your home and you're, you know, you have this beautiful life force energy that's, you know, coming in and flowing through like a river and you've got a lot of clutter in your home, it's trying to get through cobwebs. And so the goal of this chi is just to have it sort of come through and circulate and dance in your home and not get stuck. So that's really where the decluttering Marie Kondo stuff comes in. And then, yeah, I mean, we work with people that are completely tidy, like to the T, they don't think that they need feng shui Mm -hmm. at all. Sometimes the act of, of, of feng shuiing a home is just moving matter with intention. So it's like if you have a tidy dining room, just go in there and go wash all of your glasses and your china and get the energy moving. Mm. It's not only about decluttering, 
because we have very tidy clients too. Mm -hmm. There's so many layers, Thor. (laughs) (laughs) So many layers. So one question I'm curious about is we're talking about individual rooms, but a lot of people in their homes now, they may have a great room. They might have a family room that's connected to a kitchen and maybe they're doing the homework in the kitchen or the family room, or they're they're doing things in different and or bigger rooms. How does the concept of feng shui address larger rooms that serve multiple purposes? Well, it's it's very similar, probably in a great room, something that has multiple functions. I would just probably look at the house as a whole. So say the whole back of the house is one big room then I would just say that the back left of that area is the abundance and the back right is the romance and the center is the fame. You can, if you've partitioned off little areas, which we are encouraging folks to do for sustainable home work study situations, you can just, if you have a cubicle, Mm. for example, within a larger space, You look at your cubicle as though that were, you know, hold your Bagua map there. So the entrance into your little cubicle or your little area that you're working is, can be, lay the Bagua over that too. Well, and I think it's been coming up so frequently lately with these moms that are just hanging on by a thread Mm -hmm. and their kids are at home and they're working from home and there are, the kids are basically like zoned out on zoom, their videos off. They're like watching their lessons from their bed. And in our distance learning toolbox, we talk a lot about multi-use rooms and sort of looking at your home with fresh eyes. Like does this great room have to be a great room because it started as a great room? Maybe Mm -hmm. not. Maybe it can be repurposed or maybe there's some better way that that room can function for you and your family. We have moms that are setting up their kids, their kids' learning situations in camping tents in the garage with like snacks and water and like an ice chest and all their learning supplies and Wi-Fi. So really, I mean, we're, we're loving how creative people are getting and it's important to, yeah, look at your home with fresh eyes, go shopping in your home. And just because the room is what it is right now, doesn't mean it needs to be that. What does that mean? Go shopping in your home. Tell me what, what you mean by that. Well, my mom is the best at this ever. And sometimes it does take fresh eyes. But for example, uh, let's say that we're redoing my bathroom and she really sees sort of like the color scheme in feng shui bathrooms are, are, they're challenging because there's a lot of drains. So we don't want any energy going down the drain, right? There's, there's Mm -hmm. sinks and there's toilets and there's showers. So, you know, she sort of looks at it with this lens of color and sort of what we're going for. And she'll go in the living room and pluck a painting off of my, living room wall and put put it in the bathroom. And it's like, I would have never thought of that ever. So again, just because a painting or a plant or a piece of decor or a lamp lives where it does right now does not mean that it needs to stay there. So let's say you're working on your bedroom and you want to freshen it up, like go shopping in your home. Does that make sense? No, totally. And so what you're doing (laughs) is you're working with things you already have. Exactly. And saying this item maybe is more appropriate for romance or this item is is better suited toward the area that I focus on health or abundance or family, what have you. Right. Yeah. And what about people that are having to do their work from home? They're working remotely. 
can they similarly, maybe they didn't have a home office to start with, but now they're doing their job from home. Can you help them find places in their home that are most conducive to getting their work done for their remote job? Yes. As Lauren said, we encourage them to take a look with fresh eyes. So maybe that junk room that you've got that everything just goes into, let's take a look at that area and see if we can't just clear it out, put a desk in there, and make it into a home office. Just because you have a guest room, and it's always been a guest room, maybe that's not the most appropriate use for that space. And we really strongly emphasize, do not do your work in your bedroom. They're two separate functions. Working in your bedroom is not conducive to restful sleep. So we do get some pushback on that. And in those cases, we talk with our clients about how can we partition off this area of your bedroom? So the first thing that you see when you wake up at night is what you didn't get done Mm, yesterday. yeah. Yeah. And I imagine even if people have smaller spaces, they can still employ those ideas and techniques to create that outcome, right? There's always a cure. Yes, you can use plants, you can use curtains, you can use a rug, and you know, you just want to separate that area from your sleep. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of opportunity of just taking a look at your space with fresh eyes and you know, what we are learning and hearing and reading is that this homeschooling is not going away. For many, it's not going away this semester. And we're even hearing noise about it not going away in the spring. So parents are afraid that their children are going to fall behind. It's really time to look at a more sustainable workspace. Tell me, because that's a great point, and I want to get to the benefits that people that have this set of fresh eyes, they work with a process, they work with like with you guys and figure out how can they make their environment more conducive to the outcome they want. I imagine that there's probably the benefit of having happy, productive children who are getting their work done, who are not stressed. That's a huge benefit that would warrant putting in the time to get that situation right, correct? Yes. Yes. That's what we're really encouraging. And it's sort of like what we're experiencing with moms right now is their head down. And we, what I want to be clear about is that we're addressing aiding the students. So like the parents are helping the students with a more productive, energetically sound workspace. But we're also talking about the people that are suddenly working from home long-term. So it's sort of a two, a twofold thing, but we really just want to make sure that whatever is happening in your home, you have some feng shui going on. The moms are head down right now. They are they are hanging on for dear life and it is mm-hmm. challenging for them right now to lift their head up and say, "Okay, how can we do this work smarter not harder and then we can go back to work." So, we just want to be that that aid for the moms out there that are struggling with their children at home. And we also, you know, mom, I was talking to Tatiana today and she's like, I'm going to be at home for the foreseeable future and I'm tired of working on my couch. That's like her go-to. So I told her, you know, we got to come down and we have to sort of carve out a new space for that. And again, that takes sort of fresh eyes and there's a cure for that. That's our term. There's a cure for that. That and we put the fun in feng shui. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, let's talk about some cures because, and to follow up what you were saying, because a lot of people might hear this and say, well, you know what? I really don't have a choice as to where I go in the house. I have to do my work from this sofa or from this area. Can they still find a cure for that area that helps them accomplish what they want energy-wise? Yeah. You know, it's specific for each and every person. I think that if somebody were consistently working on their sofa, I would be encouraging them to look for another spot. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, because every time you're sitting on your couch, you might be thinking about, maybe I'm going to watch TV. Maybe the TV is right there. Mm. I don't think that it's conducive to creativity and efficiency when you've got pencils that are getting lost in the couch cushions. Mm. There really needs to be a desk surface, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And I think the cure piece is not necessarily creating a feng shui cure for working on the couch. It's like, how can we create an energetically sound environment at the dining room table, maybe with some feng shui Mm. cures and working with some intention? And maybe that's temporary. Maybe it sort of gets broken down in the evening. That kind of stuff is a cure too. Or maybe you set the dining room up as a permanent classroom space. You partition it off and you set your dining room up in your living room. Right. I like that. And it sounds like you can also, from Lauren, what you were saying, you can think about having it be a situational space where maybe you say, okay, in the evening, we're done with it for this and we'll move these items out of the way. But you can use items. They don't have to reside there all the time. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I think it's about being creative. I mean, we've, we're, we're sort of in uncharted territories and approaching your work study spaces with a creative mind or just asking for help, ask us for help, you know, say I have a room and I, you know, I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do with it. I need it. We're here to help with that. Absolutely. And we're talking about this idea of cures. There are simple things that people can do. Like the example I gave of someone whose door maybe isn't situated right or as you described earlier, you could have the front door that leads to the back door and that's energetically an outflow of abundance. Can you, with things that are sort of baked into the design of the house, can you still create a cure that addresses that? Yes. Give me an example of what you might do. Well, say you walk in your front door and your stairs are right there leading up to the top of the, to the second story and your bathroom is right there. Mm. So in that case, we would say, keep your bathroom door shut. When the energy comes in your home, we don't want it rushing up the stairs. What we want is... And down the drain in the bathroom. (laughs) And I've seen that (laughs) lots of times, actually. But what we want is the energy to come in and flow smoothly through your home, not rushing in the front door and right out the back or up the stairs and, as Lauren said, down the drain. So what we would do in that case is, we recommend keep that door closed. In addition to that, behind the door, keep the toilet bowl, the toilet seat down. Keep your bathroom sink drain closed as well as your shower. Now, that's a challenge. What I have seen that one of my clients did that was so cute is she put sea glass in her drain. Now, these are in extreme cases where we're really trying to keep the money from going down the drain. Right. Uh, The other thing that we would do in in the case of the stairwell is to put a mirror on the door so that when you open the front door, the energy goes up the stairs and the mirror deflects that energy back down. 
Hmm. Well, this seems like a really good time to talk about how things have changed this year, because this whole time we've been talking, I've been thinking about my house and thinking, well, if I had you guys over to my house, because we're in the same area, you could walk through my house and see these things. Obviously now in the era of social distancing and not be able to do that, you've had to pivot your business and change and do it differently. How has that experience been for you this year in terms of like when it first became obvious that you couldn't do business as usual, what were your first thoughts about how that was going to impact what you do? Well, after the shock, yeah, after the shock, what is this pandemic? Okay, that's cool. I mean, I think it's been so much fun. So I think that we are, we are so blessed to be in a business where we could go and do in-home consults, but we can also provide really powerful learning tools online, specifically for people that are at home staring at their clutter. That was like, that was like the beginning of the lockdown. Remember when it was like, don't go anywhere and you're just stuck at home and people started to go stir crazy. And they were like, I want online courses. Mm -hmm. I want a feng shui. I want, so we had probably one of our biggest month, you know, a couple biggest months in April, May when it was sort of really hitting everyone. But we, we, I love to create online learning situations and products and programs. And so I just think it's been really fun to sort of harness mom's three decades of feng shui and put it into a, a, a digital package that is focused on what we're experiencing right now. So we have, let's say, for example, our six-week feng shui fundamentals course. Great to take at any time, right? It is a fabulous course. It's going to teach you all of the things and the elements and all of that. But people really dug into that. And that that's one of the ways that it's our systems have changed. Now we have a complete learning library. You know, we've got freebies and we've got paid stuff and we've got whole courses and we do a lot of free and very inexpensive challenges. And there we're problem solving is what what I'm trying to say. I think long story short, yeah. we're problem solving. And the fact that we are able to combine this mom's knowledge of this like ancient natural science and and digitize it and modernize it. It's been awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like what you did was you kept the energy moving. You could have just sat there and said, oh my gosh, this is completely stops in its tracks the way that we've done right. business, but you were open to what other possibilities, what ways could there be to keep this going forward and maybe even have it be better than it was before? I mean, we just announced uh, that we are taking in-person consultations again. Mom needs to say her piece about the, we're doing it with social distancing and we're in line with all of the rules, right, mom? Sure. Right, right. right. But yeah, we're really excited to announce that we'll be doing in-home consultations. But we also have a, a virtual Zoom consultation where you know you face your camera forward and you do a home walkthrough with us. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, if you can... St- do that where you could just be like, I can FaceTime you seeing my yes. house so that you get a sense of it. Can you guys see enough and observe enough from that to be able to still make a the same kind of analysis that you would have done were you to be there in person? In all honesty, I don't think it's quite the same, but we've had some amazing results. We've had we have clients in Western Australia. We have clients on the East Coast. Ireland. Um, wow. 
Ireland, yeah, we have people all over the United States and we do see results. They get back in touch with us or we follow up. We like to follow up and say, so how's it yeah. going? Just to make sure that they don't have any questions. And I would imagine it's a little bit more challenging for you because when you're there in person, you get to choose what things you notice and what areas of the room you look at when they're the ones holding the camera. I mean, you can only say, wait, stop. Zoom right. in there so many times. When you can feel it. Right, right. It's a feeling too. Yeah, it, that's it's, true. You know, it's, I think the Zoom consultations are great. What mom just mentioned, you know, following up, the implementation is really a key piece. You know, we can go in on the initial consult, whether in person or via a virtual session. But really the key is that our client gets to work. And I think that when we can sort of feel a space and be in a space with the person, that's the most powerful, but the Zoom consultations are working for now. One of the really fun things about the in-person is that we actually do help implement. We usually go through the goal setting. We get clear on where those energies are. And then we say, okay, let's, you know, we allow a couple of hours. So let's work in this area. So that's really a lot of fun for both Lauren and for me to physically move the energy around. Do projects. Yeah, that's great. So you have a challenge you mentioned that's coming up and I, I want to put that in the show notes so that people can get on that because that's coming up in the next couple of weeks when, well, in late September, right? Yeah, that's happening uh, September 25th. And what we have experienced is people are starting to pop their heads up from sort of head down quarantine, just whatever this year has been. It's starting to feel like the rules are lo loosening up a little and maybe people are having, they have a little bit more bandwidth. I mean, uh, aside from the, the moms, <laughs> the moms with the kids at home, <laughs> uh, but fall is really about transition and fall is about change. Feng Shui is all about change actually. And, you know, during this time I'm personally feeling, and I know a lot of people are feeling like, I need to shed some stuff. So we've kind of been pack rats all year, going out to the market once or twice every few weeks. Uh, we've really been in this sort of like pack rat mentality and it's kind of feeling like it's time to shed. So what we've been noticing is that our digital clutter has been, it's there's a lot of it, photos and emails and bookmarks and desktop files mm. and all of this. So we've got our five-day digital clutter clearing challenge on the 29th. It's 39 bucks. It's mom yelled at me for pricing it as it was because it's really, really packed. You can expect to spend about 20 minutes a day as we sort of go through, but we're going to systematically ditch some of this digital clutter. And I think the funniest part is that these founding fathers of feng shui could have never imagined that there would be these devices that would be an additional place to, for clutter to accumulate, right? <laughs> And, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. clutter costs us time. It costs us money. You know, there's probably apps and subscriptions that you could be paying for and not knowing. So we really just want to kick it off and sort of celebrate the fall in this transitionary season with getting rid of your digital clutter. I like that. And so that's coming up in September. You also have resources on your website at fengshuicollective.com that can help people get started on this journey. Tell me if there was a, a couple things that if someone, they're done listening to this episode that they could do right now that universally that all of us 
this is something that we could address. Are, are there things like that that people can do right now to start that ball rolling and get that energy moving? Yes. And we like to make feng shui accessible. And we also continue to design it for a contemporary audience. When you said clear the digital clutter, I was thinking they probably didn't have to worry about their abacus. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so I would suggest the first thing that you can do to lift the energy is to clear off your entryway. So the energy comes into your home through your front door. Mm-hmm. So we do this. Uh, in fact, I think we're going to have a entryway clearing challenge because my entryway Mine does too. Work, but, and I just did it like a month ago. Well, it's all the smoke. But anyway, so here's what you do. Pull everything off your front porch or your stoop or look at your sidewalk walking up to your front door. Mm-hmm. So when you walk up to your front door, you don't want to see a bunch of dead plants I have a story about a hospital and dead plants. Wait, have you been to my house? Uh, uh (laughs) Yeah, that's a story for another day. So clear it off. Get your ratty old doormat off of there and go to Home Depot or, well, go online. There's some really cute front doormats. Spend $15 or $20 on a new floor Uh mat. Go to a nursery and get some fresh plants. Wear your mask. Take the hose and hose that yeah. sucker off. Get rid of all those cobwebs. Okay. Clean the glass. Clean yeah. your light fixture. Put some fresh plants out I love there. It. I had one client who had a bunch of cigarette butts in their front yard. <laughs> okay. Gotta go. It's gotta go. But freshen it up. And so when you walk through your front door, here's the other thing that you can do. Pay attention to what you're looking at the minute you walk in. Mm-hmm. Does that first impression say something about you? Is it showing a picture that you love? Is there a nice rug there? Are there healthy plants? Is there a beautiful lamp? Something about you that when you walk in the front door, not only are you going to get lifted as you're walking in, but when the first thing that you see is going to, it's palpable. You can feel that energy lift. So, okay. So you walk in your, you go in your front, you go in through the garage park your car, you go in through the garage. We encourage you to go around to the front of the house and go in your front door. Get that energy moving in there. Interesting. Because most people, I'm guessing, probably go in through the garage, which in our case is in the laundry room. But you're saying go around through the front of the house because it's creating a different energy flow? That's right. That's right. So if it's raining, you're going to go in through your laundry room. But again, we suggest that when you go in, uh, okay, don't get me started on garages. Oh, Lord. You, <laughs> Thor, you've done it now. <laughs> It'll be a three-part episode <laughs> if we go into garages, right? Have that laundry room the same effect. The first thing that you see is not that pile of laundry that you forgot to fold. Okay. Mom, can I share this end client story? We have a client. She's in the middle of a remodel, and this is to the note of paying attention to what you see when you walk in your door, the first thing on the inside. So she's in the middle of a remodel. She's stressed out. She's got kids. It's a whole thing. And directly inside of her front door is a pile of mops and and rollers for paint and drop cloth and just all of that. And what we realized is that this is a constant reminder of the amount of work that you have to do to this home every single time you walk into it. Mm. 
-hmm. not good. So we just moved that stuff and we sort of freshened up that credenza and put a piece of artwork that she really loved there. And now she sort of gets that lift back to the the tone of saying, sometimes when you see something beautiful, it lifts, lifts up your energy. And that's what we want to happen. I love that. And she was working on her health, right? She had some health issues. Okay. So that energy is so valuable in that instance, because it's just literally creating a stronger energetic state in your body, right? Absolutely. Well, we no longer left her home I, later that afternoon. I don't know, remember if she called her. It was the same day. It was the same day. She called and said she had just gotten news about test results she was waiting for and everything was perfect. Wow. I love that. Yeah, that's it's so powerful. And I think that's the thing that people are starting to, I mean, feng shui as a practice, as you said, has been around for thousands of years. So people have believed it, accepted it, known it, seen the results from it. But I think modern science in the last hundred years is really understanding so much more about the quantum level of the way things operate and understanding right. that it is all energy. So now we're starting to have this scientific backup to things that people have known already for thousands of years. So it's just modern science is catching up to what people have known forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, it took a while to get to the West, like we said earlier. So the more people that we can educate about feng shui, I mean, like we say, positive change always occurs when you work with intention. So the more people that know about it, the better in our world. Well, I love that. And I would love to send lots of energetic people your guys' way. As I understand it, the best way to reach out to you is on Instagram. Yes, we love Instagram. You can send us a DM uh, or comment on any photo. That's great. And we could go from there, start a conversation. Perfect. And you are Feng Shui Collective. Yes. So at Feng Shui Collective, right? And it's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I and then collective. Yes. Perfect. I love it. Well, Lauren and Pamela, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really loved our conversation. It was great talking with you. I feel it's always fun to have conversations with California neighbors. So again, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Really, really fun convo. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you for having us. Me too. All right. Thank you so much. That's all we've got for this episode of the Your Turn to Fly podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at yourturntofly.com forward slash blog. On social media, you can find me. I'm at Thor Chalgren. And please just share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, believe that you can do greater things still.